Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. I can't give up because I see the goodness of the Lord. I can't give up because I see the goodness of the Lord. I want you to notice how David started off this statement here. In Psalms 27 and 13, I would have lost heart. Have you ever been going through a situation you felt like it was going to be the one, this one thing was going to be the thing that caused you to surrender, to quit, or to give up? It seemed like you've been praying, crying out to God, trying to obey God to the best of your ability, Yet, rather, rather seemingly, it only grew worse. Maybe it was a child straying from the will of God, and the decision-making is contrary to what they have been taught. Maybe a spouse who says that I'm going to give up on you can be disheartening. Perhaps it's a financial dilemma that you've been dealing with for years. Cash flow seemed like it, it was getting worse instead of getting better, even though you've been given like you've never gave before. Regardless of the situation you might be having, one of those internal conversations in which fear, depression, oppression, depression try to get the best of you if you're not careful. Someone will say, listen, whatever you do, don't lose heart. To lose heart can be defined as, as to grow weary, to give into the situation or to become discouraged. I heard one person say one time is that discouragement is when you give all your courage away and nobody encourages you. Many of us have faced situations that may have caused us to become weary or to be tempted to give up or to give in. It takes knowledge and understanding of God's written and revealed word in order for us to allow situation and circumstances not to get the best of us and overwhelm us. We know that God, what God says is true and his word will come to pass. How many know God's word will come to pass in your life? I'm telling you, we hope we hold on to that particular hope. <clears throat> Paul shared a word with three churches in three different cities regarding losing heart. He spoke to the church of Thessalonica, the church of Corinth, and the church of Galatia. That lets me know that in God's church, God's people are going to be challenged with losing heart and giving up. But we must realize that's a part of the process. First, what I want to go to is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. Paul tells us, but as for you, brethren, do not grow 
in doing, excuse me, excuse me, bless for you, brother, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in doing good. Good. Don't get exhausted. Don't faint. And do what? Doing good. Acting right. And one of the definitions I like is this. Acting according to God's word. Because how many know everybody got a different definition of good? But you got to go by God's definition of good. And when you do, and you're acting, acting, you're thinking, and you're talking. Paul refers to the brethren as our fellow believers that who are united in Christ. He reminds us that we all got to act, think, and talk and conduct our lives according to what God said. In other words, I'm not doing it based on what the opinion of others says, but this is what God wants us to do. And if I want to do better, I got to do better. If I want better, I got to do better. Second one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. <clears throat> we'll start at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't become weary or exhausted. Even though our outward man is perishing. <laughs> Paul got a, a very unique way of saying, you just get older. <laughs> the outward man is perishing. <laughs> Uh, but yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Growing up, making new, I like this definition, is uh, uh, maturing. We are maturing. Outward man may be perishing, but the inward man is maturing. Husbands or wives that might be t- taking you through to the point that you feel as though she or he has destroyed your respect, your ego, and your ability to be a man or a woman. They can take you through that. Faith in God and his word can change you and cause you to grow into the man or the woman that God will have you to be, even though those close to you may not see you mature. They may not understand you're maturing and you're growing up and you're doing better than you were before. But this is what you got to know. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it because of your relationship with Jesus. So if they see it, fine. They don't see it. You're okay. So we, we pray, we forgive, we love, and we move on. Verse 17. For our light affliction. And those he said light affliction. I have not known too many afflictions to be light, but Paul calls them light. Basically what he's saying was they're easy, they're quick. Definition I kind of refer to is they're not heavy. What's not heavy? Pressure. Persecution. Tribulation. In other words, the afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I like that uh, it takes somebody like a Paul, a general in the faith, who has been through something to tell us that what we're going through is light, is quick, is easy, and I like this, it's not heavy. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, with me it feels heavy. I mean real heavy. I mean real, real heavy. But when you're going through it, it feels heavy. But you got somebody like Paul said, this is light. 
it's like me going to my bishop for counsel or advice and, I, and I'm going through and ready to call it quits on certain matters or saying, hey, bishop, uh, let's just merge OCC with a place of refuge or something like that because this is just too much for me. But, uh, but of course, bishop was saying, <laughs> it's, it's well, son. This is light. What do you mean this is light? This is heavy right here. And, uh, but Bishop was right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice that the light affliction in our lives comes for the purpose. It's working or performing for us a far more exceeding and superior and beyond our natural comprehension and eternal weight of glory. After remain in faith and see the trial, tribulation, or situation as a means for working for my good. And I thank God that all things are working for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, those that are discerned and looked at are temporary. And of course, we're talking about our natural sight. The temporary. The temporary. Temporary means this, they only endure for a while, they're for a season, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, Paul's not denying what we see in experience is real, but he shares a powerful truth. It's temporary. It's only for a season. It endures for a while. But of course, my idea of season is three months. God's idea of season could be like the one with the issue of blood 12 years. So season, in my mind, is short, but season in God's mind, it could be three months in his mind, but three months could be 12 years. That's the one with the issue of blood. Lady Dobbs talked about it last week. It's just reality. But he said it's light. It's only temporary. It only lasts for a while. It's let, this lets us know we, we may be challenged with our thoughts that would suggest that living a life of holiness it's vain. We're trying to do right, live right, but still we're dealing with these things in this season. Sometimes we deal with unforgiveness. The enemy wants us not to forgive those who say or do hurtful things to us. But one thing I learned about this, and I was th- meditating upon this, when you don't forgive somebody, it's like being stuck to them. When God got so much out there that he wants to do in your life. So much of your purpose and your destiny is out there, but you stuck in unforgiveness right here. So what we need to do is let this go and say, forget you. I'm sorry, I can't say that, can you? I forgive you, better terminology, and then move on to your purpose and your destiny. Don't let nobody hold you here in unforgiveness because you're missing out on your purpose and your destiny hanging on to unforgiveness. And I'll be honest with you. It's not worth it. I'm going to say, they ain't worth it. But no, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So we let that go. We move on to our purpose and our destiny. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, that means the right time, we're going to reap. Reap means harvest. If we do not lose heart, he's telling church not to get tired and exhausted in producing good, putting forth good, making preparations for good to happen based on God's standards. Again, 
We're not basing it on human standards, man's standards, but on God's standards of good. Because what one person thinks is good may not be what another person thinks is good. So what God says is good, that's what we go by. And that is, he said, don't get weary in producing good based on God's standards. What he says is good, is good. If God says it's good, then that's what we do, and that's what we keep producing. Because some I, there's all types of people who think what they do is good, but have no standard to base it upon. They base it upon their human standard. And when human standard is not God's standard. Now, a harvest is based on if we do not lose heart. Notice what he says here, but it, for a new season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So see how important that is? That is so powerful. That's why God's word is rich, refreshing, and powerful, and helps us to navigate through times that may try to overwhelm us with negative thoughts, ideas, and such like. In other words, worldly, worldly mindsets, a worldly thought, a worldly idea, and so forth. That's why scriptures like Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 is so powerful. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living. When I say a living, it is alive and is working. So when God says something, it's alive and it's working. That's why he says his word would not return back to him void, but it accomplished everything he sent out to do because it's working. As I speak to you right now, his word is working on you. Mm, that's good, Lord. I like that. So as I speak to you right now, his word is working on you. But it's also powerful. Now, one definition I thought about for powerful is effective. That means not only is it working on you, it's affecting what you're doing right now. As I talk to you, it's affecting the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. It is affecting you right now. And it's doing it because it's sharpening any two-edged sword, piercing ear, even to the vision of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and the discerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. We also find something uh, similar scripture in Mark 13, 31. Let's go to Mark 13, 31. Mark 13, 31 reads as follows. Heaven and earth will pass away. They're going to uh, perish, go away. But my words, his personal words, will by no means pass away. His word will not pass away. But notice, it's not just any word. It is his personal word. It's his word. Go to Mark 24 and 35. Excuse me, Matthew 24 and 35. Matthew 24, 35 reads as follows. Heaven and earth will pass away. Now notice, heaven and the earth will pass away. But my words, my mandates, my orders, my sayings will by no means pass away. So God says my word will not pass away. Now your word may pass away, but God's word will not pass away. If heaven pass away and earth pass away, who are we? To think that our word gonna last past God. <laughs> As a believer, when receiving the word, we should expect good. 
Good. Because what? The word produces what? Good. Good based on who? God's standards. See, when a believer is going to experience the goodness of the Lord on a consistent basis, I believe one trait that, that each person must possess is what James chapter 2 verse 5 says, rich in faith. Rich in faith. Being rich in faith is believing the word and applying it in your everyday life. Rich in faith says this, I believe his word, not only do I, I believe it, I apply it in my everyday life. Let's go to James chapter 2 verse 5. When I read James 2 and 5, I want to give you huh, something that happened to me based on this particular scripture. Let you know you can't let the word slip. James chapter 2 verse 5 reads as follows. Listen, my beloved brother, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Now, before I get into this explanation of James 2 and 5 and tie all this together, I want to tell you something that happened to me. Just, I just, we just, I know y'all heard me talk about it, a better way to get rich, better way to riches, right? Some, most of y'all were here when I ministered that message. Just read that not a day or two later, I ran across this in my personal devotion time. And what, this is what's sad about it. Now, you probably have already got it. You see what the Lord was saying here. I read this and I said, ooh, that'd been a good one to add and a better way to be rich. You know, rich in faith. You talk about rich in faith, rich in your uh, relationships, rich in your devotion time, rich in your finances, rich in your health of your body. You know, just a number of different areas, productive in every area of your life. I said, well, that been a good one to have, right? Then I, I glanced the other part of that. It says poor of this world. And I made this mistake. I said this. I said, I feel sorry for the saved people who got money. They will be messed up. Kept on reading like I, I thought I did something. Studied, came back, and, and, and I uh, got to going back. The Lord led me back to this scripture. And this is the journey I got after I messed this scripture up. I'm going to help y'all so you don't make the same mistake I made. Is that all right? In this text, James is showing us that being rich, rich is defined as being wealthy, abundant, as well as happy. And our definition we use, and we talked about it uh, recently, productive in every area of our life. So rich is being productive in every area of our life, happy, and so forth. But he knows what he says, rich in faith. Faith is belief, is confidence, is conviction, is trust, is assurance in the Lord Jesus Christ in his written and revealed word. So one aspect about being rich is saying that I'm trusting the Lord in every aspect of my life. I believe that means I accept and hold as true the word and live my life as well as make decisions accordingly. I have confidence. Confidence says this. I believe or rely on God that he's going to do what he said. And he, he's going to do what I, he said despite the obstacles that may try to hinder his word from coming to pass in my life. I have conviction, a firm belief that my life will get better. I trust, and when I say I trust, I have a firm belief, a truth, firm belief in the truth of his word that the Lord is going to help me in every aspect of my life. Even in areas where I'm weak at, he's going to help me to develop them so I'm strong in it. 
I trust him for that. I have assurance. That means I have confidence in, my, in his ability, in his word, that I believe he will manifest what he said, despite what goes on around me. I mean, that to me is faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have that, you are wealthy in God. Now, for those who are wealthy in faith, the one aspect is they are poor in the world. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Take away for a moment the natural financial aspect behind that. And look at it like this. See, when James makes this statement for those who are poor in this world, when one is rich in faith, they are poor in the world's values. They do not look at the values, the ideas, the concepts, the order, the rule, and so forth as being more valuable than God. Mm, I like that, God. Because, see, let me read this a little more to you. They see the concepts and the precepts of God as valuable. They see God as being valuable. They see his word, his written and revealed word as being more valuable than the world. They make their decision based on the word of God. They raise their children based on the word of God. They they give financially based on the word of God. They pray based on the word of God. They live their church life based on the word of God. And they don't value the things of the world. Now, this is what you need to understand. When I look at this, I'm still thinking about it, so y'all help me here for a moment. It doesn't mean they don't take what the world says, because we live here on the world. We've got to take, you know, we got to learn about the world because we live here on the world. But we don't value the concepts of the world more than the concepts of God. We value God more than we value anything. And so we are rich in faith, but poor in the world. Because we value God more than we value the world. Now, let me let me give you another example, a natural example. Um, let's say somebody is financially rich, naturally speaking. That means they don't have any poor thing going on with them. Y'all follow me? Let's say for you who are walking by faith and not by sight, you believe God, no matter what comes up in your life. I mean, somebody can come to you and say, you know, it ain't going to work out for you. I said, hold on, that ain't right. He said, all things working together for my good. They, they, they can come to you and say, hey, you know what? Listen, God ain't going to meet your need. Uh-uh, he said he's going to meet my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. They say, you'll never be healed. He said, oh, he said, by his stripes, I'm healed. Now, no, the world can give you something, but you value God's opinion more than you do the world's opinion. Are y'all seeing this here? And so when I saw that I had to repent again, you know, I, I do a lot of repenting when I stay at work because, you know, I get it wrong. I get it wrong. But I, I like what he was showing me here. And so when I read that again, I said, you know what? We need to be rich in faith. Rich in faith. In fact, I was going to say to for later, let me drop this in your spirit right quick. God is making another deposit in your life right now. Oh, y'all missed that, didn't you? See, how do you get richer in faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Oh, God, I, I was thinking about this. I said, God, you're making a deposit in me every day. Study shows thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
Oh, when I praise God, he's making another deposit. It don't even seem fair. Everything I do for God, he's still. When I was in here, whoo, singing with them, he was making another deposit into me. When I was meditating on scripture, learning about this, he was making another deposit into me. Listen, when I was going through, studying, having devotion time and prayer, he was making another deposit in me. Oh, you know what? Last week he said, trust the touch. That's another deposit. I need that because I'm dealing with the world situation. I don't need to be poor when I'm dealing with worldly situations. I don't need to rely on, lean to my own understanding when it comes to dealing with the world. I want to be poor in the world, but if I'm poor in the world, I'm rich in faith. Because I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting you in every area of my life. Let me get that, because I can spend time on that right there. All right, let me, let me read a little more of this to you. In order to be not confused over this statement, one must understand that those who are rich in faith, rich in faith, are poor in the world. Poor means this, destitute of wealth, helpless, powerless, needy. But the world is defined as the order of ungodly multitude. Those alienated from God, those hostile to God. I want to be poor in those who are hostile to God. I don't want to be rich in that area. I want to be rich when it comes to God's values, his ideas, and his concepts. I believe God. And we live in the world, so we need to learn about the world, but we don't need to have the world's values, ideas be more valuable to us than God. We don't. We don't. That, that will get you in trouble. That will get you in trouble. So one cannot value the world's way of doing things over God's way of doing things. If you're rich in this world, do this, repent, and allow God to make you rich in faith. Because what? Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hey, I'm all, many of us have been rich in the world. You, you got to say you say amen on that because I know that's true. We have valued what man said over what God said. We have said, you know what? I heard what God said. I'm going to do it this way right here. We have leaned to our own understanding. We have, listen, when the doctor said it, we like, like, oh, that must be true right now. Knowing that he don't really have the final say-so. Listen, your bank account has told you you only got so much money. And you might have believed it, but that wasn't the final say-so. God know how to do it, don't he? I love the fact that those who are rich in faith walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is another definition of doing it the world's way, based on your natural ability. But those who walk by faith or trusting have assurance in God's written and revealed word. Those who live by sight put their trust in the things of the world. One could say they're rich in the world and poor in the things of God. But those who conduct and operate their life by the written and revealed word of God are rich in faith and they're poor in the ideas and the concepts of God. Now, let me say this to you. When you pour in the concepts and the, and the mindset of God, you get discouraged. You get weary. I'll be honest with you. And when it really, when you really break it down, let's face it, we start looking at our own circumstances. 
We start looking at what we were going through financially, health in our bodies, on the job, or wherever it was. This, this started getting big to us. I mean, that thing was, it was bigger than what it really was. And I, I, I like what Paul said, this thing only temporary. What you mean? These folks acting up crazy up in here. They, that's real to me. Especially when you're in the middle of it. When you're in the middle of it, that thing is real. He said temporary. Ain't no temporary stuff right here. This stuff is real. <laughs> and Paul got nerve to tell me it's temporary. Come on, Paul. You went there, Paul. And he said, no, it's still temporary. Who can I, how can I go to the woman issue of blood talking about, you know, I got a headache. I have for six hours now. Boy, I, she might just laugh me out the, out the building, boy. I can't even go to complain to her. We got to understand what the word is saying. That the word has got to be rich in our lives. Paul was going through a particular situation. You see how he started off? Psalms 27 and 13. But one thing I like about Paul, though, Paul was a man who, in my opinion, was rich in faith. He believed God. In fact, let's go to Psalms 27, starting at verse 1. Psalms 27, starting at verse 1. And when I, when I say he was rich in faith, I want to show you some of the things that Paul said and what he declared over his life that lets me know. And let me say this. So you may go through temporary dips. You know, sometimes, you, you know, you get paid on Friday, but you might have a dip on Thursday. Uh, y'all don't know about that. Let me, let me try some. Let me try some real folks right here. The, the 15 hit, but, you know, uh, you you little short the tent. <laughs> little short, short, short the tent, little short the tent. You know, a little dip until you wait for that deposit to hit. Oh, y'all missed that right there. But that, but that, that was a good one. Listen. Sometimes we get a little short, wait for that deposit to hit. Wait for that deposit of his word. Wait for that deposit about the anointing hitting our lives. And saying, God, it's going to be all right. Oh, yeah, 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 God. It's gonna be, I don't feel it. I don't see it. But you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Look what uh, David said. We'll start in Psalms 27, verse 1. Work our way through. The Lord is my light. He's illuminating some things. And my salvation. He's my deliverance. He's my peace. He's my prosperity. Now, this is what you need to understand. They was uh, dealing with some stuff, but he had to remember who God was in his life. Now, if you want to uh, exercise that deposit, see, this is what I love about a deposit. Sometimes it can hit, you not, you, you don't even know you got paid yet. You thought it was coming the 15th, but they decided to give it to you on the 10th. Got Christmas time, Christmas time hitting up. And you know, uh, it's, uh, they said, well, we're going to take out a few days. We're going to let you have your money a little earlier. And you don't even know it's there, but it, you got access to it. You got access to it. Watch this. You got access to it, but you may not know you got access to it. It's there all the time. And David is saying, I, it's there. God is my salvation. He is my deliverance. He is my healer. He is my way maker. He is. Oh, that deposit just hit, didn't it? <laughs> it just hit, didn't it? That's why I told you this morning God's making deposits. God's making deposits. He's depositing everything you need right now. 
And depending on who you are, you, you listen, you might be getting several deposits right now. Several deposits right now. You might get a deposit of healing right now. You may get a deposit of deliverance right now. You may get a deposit. I mean, whatever it is, I take it all. I ain't gonna let nobody stop putting money in my account. I ain't gonna let God stop putting in my account. Cause, you know, well, I don't think I deserve it. Take quick line. When you're going through, you like you don't dirt. <laughs> when you're going through, woo, I can't, well, Lord, just help me, Lord. All right, I'm, let me get on. 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Woo, David, you must, you must got a big deposit in your spirit. Yo, you look at that. Whom shall I be afraid? I mean, David, look at this situation. He says, I don't do not fear anybody. Nobody. Oh, my God. 27 and 2. He goes on to brag. When the wicked, those evil, twisted, mischief folks came against me to eat up my flesh. Ooh, I don't know why they eat my flesh. That's, well, you know, they're mad when they eat your flesh. They got to be mad. My enemies and foes, they stumble and fail. Notice what David said. They stumbled. They became weak, overthrown, and they failed. They wasted away. Notice this. David had, he, he, his, his faith was there. His faith was there. And he goes on to say in verse uh, 27 and 3, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Now, notice this. Even in verse 3, he says, an army is going to encamp against me. Not just two or three people, an army. Are y'all seeing an army? An army going to encamp about him, but yet my heart shall not fear. Now, you know he must be operating in faith because anytime an army against you, and David don't say me and my boys going to be there, he said me. Woo! I'm telling you, man, you got to have faith when you go against the army. Watch this. An army of debt. An army of sin. Sometimes when the enemy comes, he's going to bring debt. He's going to bring extra bills. He's going to say you can't do this. He's going to bring stress. He's going to bring heartache. He's going to bring everything. You need an army to go against the army. And you need the army of God's word to go against the army of the enemy. And you know God ain't going to lose the battle. He's not going to lose the battle, but you got to be rich in faith to believe that. Because God, walk, with God, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. Because God ain't going to show up the way you think he's going to show up. <laughs> I remember when that brother was getting ready to go fight them folks, and he had about over 30,000 folks, and, and uh, I thought he was ready to fight them. And, but God said you ain't ready to fight him yet. Long story, really told him that because you'll take credit for the battle. And so uh, Gideon got, got Gideon got to going through, and Gideon talked to God. And after Gideon and God finished the conversation, he went from over thirty thousand to around three hundred folks. And then God said, "You ready to fight?" And in my mind, I was ready to fight at thirty-two thousand. <laughs> and then you want me to fight with three hundred? But the three hundred have Faith, or they were rich in faith, in my opinion, to what God was wanting to do. And so when you need got people around you who are rich in faith, oh, you can defeat the enemy. 
you can defeat the enemy. That's why you don't need to be hanging around folks that are unbelievers. Unbelievers. Don't let them influence you, influence the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. I'm talking about, well, you know what? I don't know if we can do this or not. Why not you? My, 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 one of my general philosophies is this. Why not you? Why not you? They're going to pay somebody for it. Why not you? You're as smart as that person that, that's applying. In some cases, probably smarter because you got the Holy Spirit. And you got to know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God, let me tell you something. If God put you there, he's not relying on your ability no way. He relied on him to work through you. Jesus. Woo. He's relying on you to work through. Let me tell you something. There are people all in this sanctuary right now got positions that the Holy Spirit is using right now for his glory. You think you smart? Yeah. Come on. Really? Really? <laughs> really? Come on now. You know God can use you for his glory? And that, listen, they miss out. God got something better for you. Oh, God. God got something better for you. I, I, I'm going to laugh and tell this quick testimony about my wife right quick. I mean, she went to fly for one position and uh, she thought, you know, they called up and said, you know, we want you to fly for it and so forth. Then they messed around for her. She got upset, but I said, no, God got something better for you. He got something he want to use you for, for his kingdom. I mean, you can't get upset because folks take you now. I mean, you'd be on law sleep all day long. You can tell you we probably wouldn't be in this building right now about status of two or three folks. I'm going to tell you that right now. We ain't got enough. We can't do this and so forth and so on, please. The house we're in right now, we, we didn't get it because of what we thought we thought. <laughs> God can do all things. Are y'all following me? You've got to be rich in faith. Listen, you can qualify on paper, but if you don't qualify with God, you're still going to miss out. You're still going to miss out because why? You're depending on your own ability. you got to be rich in faith. Rich in faith. Not poor, but rich. And poor in the world values. I ain't got no problem with you knowing stuff in the world, but be poor in it. Don't try to bring it above God. Trying to figure God out, because you never figure God out. I'm just saying you right now. So I got, okay, God. <laughs> I mean, God do stuff in your life, amaze your mind, boy. You like, my God, what? All you do is say, tell him, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that deposit, God. <laughs> Woo, I'm glad I got to wait till the 15th and the 30th. <laughs> Woo, because he said, I load you daily with bitter sex. I'm like a God that loads us daily with benefits. I want y'all walking this building, a man so rich in faith that you walk in, and you say, be healed in Jesus' name, and they be healed in the name of Jesus. They, they're not going to give you glory. They're going to give God glory. That's somebody rich in the faith. You're going to do things that eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor the end to the heart of man, those that love him. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I got sidetracked here. Yeah, let, let, me, let me go a little deeper. Oh, God. Here we go. 27.3. No, we got three. Let's go to four. One thing I have desired, Psalms 27.4. I have desired of the Lord that I will seek. Excuse me. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek. I will seek the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. Now, when you desire something of the Lord, one place you're going to find answers is in the house of God. And in the house of God, that's where you get a major deposit in. Are y'all following me here? Now, I ain't talking about that natural stuff. I'm talking about the spiritual stuff. See, if you got the spiritual stuff, you'll get the natural stuff. See, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. But you got to get God first. And so you get God in devotion time. You get God in your prayer time. You get God in your work. Excuse me. When you are spending time with him on a day by day basis, you get God. And the more you get a God, the better your life going to be. You think better. You talk better. You act better. Are y'all following him? One major deposit you get is here in the house of God. Man, these sermon notes are valuable. Listen, the podcast is valuable. The, the videos are valuable. But one more valuable thing is you get it when it comes straight down from heaven. You follow me? Some people missing this coming straight down from heaven. I mean, they might hear it on the podcast, but it, you know, it ain't the same as when you hear live and when it first dropped down under the anointing and the spirit of God is calling you to receive this in your spirit and you get ready to apply this in your life. And, and you know, one thing I wrote down the other week and I forgot to say all this, I'm going to give this to you right now. I look around here and I think it's hard for y'all to tell somebody y'all poor now. It's going to be hard for you to go around talking about I'm poor. Because you can't really say it no more. It might, you, you might just say, well, I might be poor in one area, but I got about 25 other areas I'm rich in. <laughs> I mean, 25 to 1? I mean, why are you trying to walk around talking about you poor? And, and I, I don't have this, that, and the other. You're rich in faith. You walk on your job, you're rich in faith. I know you, you're a billionaire in faith, but you still work. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, because if a man don't provide for his own house, he's worth that what? An unbeliever. So we got to provide. We got to do what it takes and what God tells us to do. That's what God provides for us. Do whatever means he chooses to do with him. Now, Let's go to 27.5. Oh, my God. Man, I got to give you this, though, before I go to 27.5. I'll think about it in the house of God. And I got this example. I read this article last week. And some of you probably read the article. Uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago about some of the billionaires in the world. And I read an article where one of the billionaires sold, I think, 100,000 cars to Hertz. And his status went up $36 billion off one transaction. And I, I, I was almost impressed by it until God showed me something. He said, uh, well, think about in the house of God every Sunday. Do you know how much they value go up every Sunday? One trans transaction, it went up $36 billion. One transaction, $36 billion. Can you think about, though, on a Sunday morning when God is dropping revelation in your spirit? How much your value goes up just that exponentially? And you know what I thought about, though? You can't even measure it. Why? How do you know the Pastor Dollar? Because God's doing exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you ask or think according to the power that works in you. You can't even measure what God is giving you this Sunday morning. 
You can't measure with your natural mind. Because eyes have not seen, no ears heard the things that God is doing for his people. I was almost impressed with that $36 billion. But I realized what God has given us this Sunday morning is much more valuable. I ain't going to lie to you. I take some of that $36 billion. I take some of it. But I want God. When I get God, I've got something valuable. And it's more valuable than the world. Are y'all following here? Because you start valuing the world over God, whew, you get a, a mess. I'll leave it right there. Let me finish this up. 27.5. Notice how he said 27.5. For in the time of trouble, he should hide. He should hide me. Ooh, thank you for hiding me in your secret place, God, of your tabernacle. Thank you for hiding me, God. He shall set me high upon a rock. Thank God. See, notice how David is speaking now as a man who is rich in faith. He's speaking that. that and, and notice this. When we start speaking, we need to speak as somebody who is rich in faith. We need to call those things as not as though they were. We got to speak those things out. That's what David was doing here, speaking these things out. Then he ran across something. I thought this was interesting. He says, I would have lost heart, 2713. 2713. We'll try to finish this up in just a few minutes. I would have lost heart unless Dave was real. But thank God for unless. Thank God for unless. See, unless those people who are rich in faith. If you don't have an unless moment like, don't be, let's be real. He, Dave was going through something. But he had an unless moment. Unless, 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 unless. I had believed, notice his faith is, it's his trust, his confidence, that I would see or perceive or give attention to the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I like that, David. You got goodness, which is something which is beneficial, something desired, something better, something advantageous, something wonderful in the land of the living. But you only see that when you're walking by faith. You only see God working out things for your good when you're walking by faith. Now, if you get bombarded, you know, we had that question a few months, uh, a little while ago. I don't know exactly when. Is God, is more good happening in the world or more bad happening in the world? And some of us had to really think about ourselves because our mind went back to the news. If you watch the news all the time, that's all you're going to think is bad happening. But God said there's so much God do so much good between 5 and 5.30 a.m. than most people can do in a lifetime. God is doing so much good in the land. So much good. But you only get that when you're trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. Because if not, you get caught up. I'm just easy. I'm telling you something, man. If you ain't careful, boy, you've been walking around I, you would probably know people right now that probably haven't came out of the house and nobody you. Won't go to the store, won't go to a restaurant, won't go to whatever. And there's some unbelievers who go outside all the time. 
believe. Believe they protected more than some of God's people. I want to make sure that we are in. Now we use wisdom when we go out. But we ain't going to sit there and let the world go by. And we sitting there being scared, operating in fear. No. Mm-mm. Let me give you two more scriptures. And I'm going to close this out. He talked about the goodness of the Lord. I want to show you where the goodness is in the front and goodness is in the back. And I'm going to let, let you go. I'm going to at least close this part out anyway. <clears throat> Psalms 21 and verse 3. Psalms 21 and verse 3. Reads, reads as follows. Or you meet him with the blessings of goodness. I like that scripture. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. Like, what does that mean? You meet him with the blessings. I like this. It's plural of goodness. So in other words, I'm walking down and in front of me is goodness. It's just meeting me. Everywhere I go, it's meeting me. Woo! And then he goes on to say in the other scripture in Psalms 23 and verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I got goodness in front of me. I got goodness and mercy following me. I'm in pretty good shape, man. <laughs> Listen, I got it meeting me. Yeah, I go into stores, meeting me. I go into, the, I, I, I leave out the stores, following me. I go home, it's meeting me. I, I, I leave the home, it's following me. I follow, everywhere I go, goodness and mercy, goodness, and not just any type of goodness, the goodness of the Lord. Woo, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, God. Now, David said this, I would have lost heart unless. See, sometimes you may want to give up. You may want to throw in the towel. You may want to quit. But don't do it. Because the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, don't give up. Because God's goodness is available to all of us who believe. Amen? All right, I'm done. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. The goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. Let's give Jesus a happy praise. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.